It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Welcome, everybody. I am uh, excited. I'm being joined today by Dr. Jackie Jones. Dr. Jackie Jones is an ear, nose, and throat doctor uh, with a speciality in pediatric ear, nose, and throat. She's a clinical associate professor of orthon... Is he otolarin... Anyway, I just killed it. Otolaryngology. It was close, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> she's a specialist when it comes to ear, nose, and throat <laughs> at the, at the uh, uh, Will uh, Cornell Medical School. Dr. Jones has been elected to the Castle and Connolly Best Doctors in America for over 15 years and has received a numerous award, including the top 100 black doctors in America. Dr. Jackie Jones, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. All right. So I got to ask you, you went from you started in the field of ear, nose and throat, and then you specialize with pediatrics. Is that right? I did. I did my uh, pediatric ear, nose, and throat fellowship at Harvard because uh, I really enjoy it. Uh, I love what I do. I'm very lucky. Excellent. And uh, so, so uh, we're going to be talking about uh, your book, which I love, uh, called Medical Parrington. Let me try that again. Medical Parenting, right. uh, How to Navigate Health, Wellness, and the Medical System for Your Child medicalparenting.com if you want to find out more information the book's available on amazon as well as at medicalparenting.com um so talk about the book you created this book you wrote this book uh what were you trying to do with the book you know i found after 30 years of being in practice that it's been really difficult for parents to navigate this system internet is a wonderful thing it provides a lot of information but that's the problem. It provides a lot of information that isn't filtered. And that can be overwhelming for parents to try and figure out how to be the best parent and how to navigate this system with their children. So my book, Medical Parenting, helps give parents a guide on how step-by-step step, you can choose a wonderful pediatrician, you can um, navigate uh, nutrition, choosing a nanny, choosing a daycare facility. And if your child gets sick, how to navigate that system. So I, I really wanted a guide from birth to launching your child off to college. <laughs> you know what? And, and we were talking before the show and it is overwhelming. Uh, you know, if, if uh, when your child gets sick, the whole world kind of has to stop, uh, depending on the age of the child, right? Because now, you know, you, you may have to call in and have a family day if you, if your, if your job provides that or, or take a day off because your child is sick. And then you, of course, uh, now you got to get them to the doctor. And, and uh, sometimes, uh, you know, depending on the situation, you have to learn about your child's situation. You have to kind of get up to speed because sometimes uh, doctors don't do a great job of explaining everything. And, and, and so I think that uh, this idea of having uh, uh, this guide, if you will, this book on medical parenting is a great idea. I'm, I'm excited that you came up with it. Great. Thanks so much. You know, I think that the medical field has changed for all of us. Um, you know, for 
us and, and our parents, there was the idea of the, the family doctor who would visit your house or you would see the same doctor for all your visits. But with the new world of medicine, there's physician extenders such as nurse practitioners and physician's assistants. There's large group practices where you might bring your child in for a sick child and you know sick visit and, and see a different practitioner than you're used to. So learning to be an advocate for your child and learning how to navigate that system, I think is so, so important. Bert, I'm sure you said, you know, you and I both know that, you know, we're always parents and I have a 28 year old and a 24 year old. And I still worry about them every day. So <laughs> they never completely launch. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Absolutely true. Uh, you know, uh, my wife and I uh, have been blessed. We have five kids. Uh, oh. Most of them were, uh, have grown and, and uh, had, you know, to use your phrase, have launched uh, many years ago. We're down to the last. We're down to the babies and, they're, and they happen to be twins. And so they turned 19 this uh, couple of months. Uh, but you're right. You never stop uh, completely uh, disconnecting, right? Uh, Absolutely. And, and uh, then uh, just recently we were blessed with uh, two grandchildren. Uh, and it's interesting to me, uh, I was uh, both excited and kind of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Terrified? Terrified. Thank you. That's a, <laughs> that's a pretty good. Uh, yeah, I, I was freaked out a little bit. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, what does this mean? I mean, you know, uh, and interestingly enough, what's so funny is so so my oldest daughter had her child. And um, and so that's when the, you know, uh, the terror came in a little bit, a little freak out there. And uh, what's so funny is when she right before she moved out of the house, to go off to college, she had brought home uh, a little puppy, which oh, we still have. You know, so she brought the puppy home. She stayed for like five or six months, and then she went off to school. And immediately, I came. Uh, you know, <laughs> my 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 mind thinking, "Hey, you can't bring this baby home." <laughs> Same thing happens to me. I have a dog too, and you know where I got that dog at my age from my son. <laughs> yeah, you know the gift that uh, keeps on giving. Uh, you know, all right. So let's talk about this. Uh, what should we do as parents if we have if your child is diagnosed with a chronic medical condition? What should we do? You know, the most important thing is one: take a deep breath and realize that you can get through this and you have to be an advocate for your child. And it's very important as a parent to put together your medical team and your pediatrician or family practitioner should really be the quarterback of that team. You really need someone to help you act, to, to sort of coordinate with all these specialists. So your Pediatrician is the quarterback, and then you're going to bring in all the other people you need. Do you need a, you know, someone from the school? Do you need to contact the school and let them know that your child's going to be out? Do you, are you going to need any extra tutoring? Are you going to need accommodation at school? You want to contact the specialist's office and find out who's going to be your day-to-day -day contact. If there's a, a question that you have, the doctor may not be always available every day for the questions that you have. So who's your go-to person? The third is you want to put together what your emergency plan is if something happens and your child becomes acutely ill. So what urgent care center do you go to? What emergency room center do you go to? Who do you call? So, you know, preparedness is the best part of getting your child and you through any type of stressful situation. Put your team together and be, be prepared for all different types of, of 
emergencies if they would happen. Sure, absolutely. Uh, so uh, again, our, our oldest daughter was diagnosed at the age of nine with lupus. And, uh, and so it's a chronic condition. It it's, uh, doesn't go away as of right now. It doesn't go away. It, it can be, you know, it can be controlled with diet and medication and things of that nature. But yeah, uh, my wife uh, really dug in um, and she, I mean, she became an expert. She, you know, she, she knew the, the terms and the different specialties that some of these doctors have, uh, you know, specific um, uh, antibodies and there's warm antibodies and cold antibodies and all these different things that will, if you didn't know about these different terminologies, it would sometimes give you a different test when they were dealing with the, with the blood and stuff. So yes, uh, you have to become this advocate. You have to become a, you know, almost an expert. Uh, and I, I do want to emphasize what you said. Uh, you will learn to cope and, you know, work with it, overcome it. And sometimes in some cases beat it. It just, it, it, it does uh, take time, but uh, yeah, you, you can definitely overcome it. It's so much harder when it's your child, you know, for us, you know, okay. There's something I got to deal with. I'm going to deal with it. But when it's your child, you add that extra layer of just anxiety about this person who you love more than anyone else in the world. So one of the things that I also suggest parents do, if you're really feeling overwhelmed, find a support group, contact your specialists or the hospital where your child might have been diagnosed and find a parent support group where you can interact with other parents who have gone through the same thing that you are going through. And you have to realize that many of these parents, if they're in this support group, they're further down the line than you are. And they've dealt with all the emotions and the difficulties that you've dealt with. So, you know, if you're feeling a little overwhelmed or just want extra support, a parent support group is a wonderful, wonderful group to join. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. It's, it's uh, incredible to be able to get around individuals that have been there, done that, uh, and with today's technology, uh, you can. There are some support groups online, uh, not only like places like Facebook, but uh, uh, Zoom uh, can be used. And and uh, uh, and if you happen to be in a remote area where maybe a group isn't available, don't be afraid to start one and just start reaching out to people and, and start building that community because uh, there is a certain level of of uh, peace and comfort. In, in those numbers, whether it's two or, or 200, it's great to have a little bit of support. Absolutely. Great suggestion. All right. So let's talk about this. Uh, we're talking about our, our children uh, never launch. And, and so we're always worried about our kids, no matter how old they are. Uh, so let's talk about transitioning your kids. How can you help your child transition to adult uh, to adulthood and take responsibility for their own medical care? Uh, because even with our eight, uh, our, our twins who are, like I said, almost 19, uh, it seems like they're completely disconnected from taking their medicine. It's like, dude, you're, you know, or dude, you're, you're almost 19. You got to stay on top of this. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think you have to start early. I mean, with five kids, Bert, you've been there, you know, I have two older kids. So starting early, like 13 or 14 years of age to involving your child in their health care. So 
You want to go into the room with them when they visit their pediatrician, but you want to maybe try and keep your mouth closed and let them describe what they're there for. Let them take some responsibility. We all have been there when we make an appointment for our adolescent and they're just too busy to show up. So involving your child in making their appointments, letting them know, okay, you pick the time and I'll try and work around your time. And then if I can be there, great. Um, but it's really important for you to make the time. When you walk into the pediatrician's office, have your child 13, 14, 15, but definitely 16, 17, 18 years old, introduce themselves to the secretary. You know, sit down, go into the room. And it's very important as your child gets older, if they ask you to leave the room or your pediatrician asks you to leave the room, don't argue, just leave. You want someone beside you to have a relationship with your child because we all know that adolescence gets really, really complicated. And there's things that they may want to talk about with your pediatrician that they may not want to talk about in front of you. And you want someone beside you like Joe Schmo on the school bus to be discussing, you know, sex and drugs and alcohol with your kid. Um, you want a professional and someone who they feel comfortable with. So allow them to develop that relationship. Leave the room. <laughs> Absolutely. Totally agree with that. In fact, I, uh, I, I do encourage my kids, hey, you know, this is a health professional. Talk to them. And, and, and it, to me, it takes a little bit of pressure off me. I don't have to be the, the person with all the answers or mom and dad don't have to be the, the people with all the answers. Um, I do want to talk about this. This is one of the, I think, uh, most difficult things that I've seen my kids deal with and even some adults. And that is, you know, they meet with a health professional, a doctor or maybe, or maybe even a PA that they don't click with. And I'm a big believer. Listen, if, if you don't click with them, then do your homework and find somebody else. What is your take on this? I couldn't agree with you more. One of the things that I say to people is, you know, don't get married after the first date. So if this isn't the right person for you, move on and find someone else. If you're in a big practice and you want to stay in that locality, choose another physician in the practice. As healthcare providers, we really only want you to be happy. We want to have that good relationship. And I know that not everyone's going to be quick with my personality. So I'm okay with someone finding someone else. And I'm happy to suggest other people and to, to help to expedite that. So again, if it isn't the right fit, find someone else. But it's very important when you have a new baby to both of you, both partners to go and to meet that healthcare provider and to take some time to develop that relationship. And on the other end, when your adolescent is at the age where they really need to develop the relationship, to listen to them. You know, a lot of adolescents don't like any doctor, so you have right. to take that into account. But if it really isn't a good fit, it's okay to switch. It's really important. Yeah. And, and, and again, uh, I like what you said there. You know what? Uh, you're aware that you're not going to fit with everybody and you're OK with them going to someplace else because it is important. It's not personal. It's you got to be comfortable talking to somebody about your problems. And, uh, you know, uh, again, uh, whether it's, uh, again, a chronic condition or maybe uh, your your uh, what do you call it, your your skin, a dermatologist, something like that, that you're only going to see maybe two or three times a year. A dentist, it's got to be somebody that you'd like to go and visit with uh, because they're going to be, you know, they may be performing some kind of procedure on you and you got to you got to like them. You got to trust them. Uh, you know, I had an experience not too long ago when I was asking the doctor 
you know, I was asking this doctor, uh, it was, I think it was our second or maybe our third visit. And in, 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 uh, um, I was asking him some questions and, and uh, specifically about his experience. How many of these procedures have you performed and this and that? And he got a little uh, arrogant about it. He just got, you know, he's like, are, are you questioning my skills? Yes. Yes, I am. I, I, I got to know that you can do it. And, and you know, I mean, he, and it wasn't maybe that big of a procedure. He was going to make, he was going to place some injections in my back, but to me, that's scary injections in my back. And, and so uh, we ended up not doing business together. I, I didn't like his bedside manner. It's just like, dude, I should be allowed to check your credentials. Absolutely. And that's really important. And I think developing that relationship where you can ask questions and your physician feels comfortable with answering those questions. But also, I think, Bert, you probably did some homework on this doctor before you went. And I think that's very important. Check their credentials. Go online. You know, you also have to take into account that Yelp and Google, you know, the People who have a bad experience are much more likely to post than people who have a good experience because they're too busy to do it. So take the Google and Yelp reviews with a grain of salt. I, as a, a patient, would be much more likely to go to a physician who had great reviews for good bedside manner and care, but who maybe would, would run a little bit late than someone who was on time all the time, but who had horrible bedside manner and was going to take a good good care of me. So, you know, everything has to be weighed, but doing your research and finding someone you click with is so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, again, I want to pop the book up here. It's, uh, I just love this book, Medical Parenting. Parenting. I don't know why it's giving me so much trouble. Miracle Parenting. You can find out more about it at miracleparenting.com. How to navigate health and wellness and the medical system with your child. And I like what you said from newborn to, uh, to adolescent, right? To adulthood. Right. <laughs> it's so important. Uh, the system, you know, you and I were talking about this. The system can be scary. It's overwhelming. You know, doctors are being crushed for time and they're having to deal with the massive amount of paperwork and changes that uh, sometimes is, uh, uh, what do you call it, provided by the health insurance carriers. Um, you know, it's, it's just uh, uh, important to know this information uh, Dr. Jackie Jones, thank you so much for stopping by. It's been wonderful having you on the show. Great. Thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. You bet. We'll talk to you guys later. Okay. Take care. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch and check out our website at moneyforlunch.com. <laughs>